0: Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Althazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Brian Terry is taking a little much-needed day off.
1: Yeah, I don't know how he managed to get a day off, but (laughs) we'll give it to him every once in a while.
0: He did it any way it goes. Of course, Josh Wilson is the automatic transmission guru over at Agco Automotive, so... While we will talk about anything and answer any questions you might have. If you got a automatic transmission question, today is absolutely the best day to call in.
1: That's right. Don't get in here too often, so be sure to get your transmission questions in. We'll get them answered. That's right. Anything you might want to know about, it, from a slipping transmission, jumping out of gear, missing a gear,
0: or just what's involved in doing a service properly, give us a call. It's 499-9526. Of course, that's area code 225, just in case you're outside of our normal calling area. And more and more, we're getting folks from out of state, all around the country, and really all around the world listening. So we really appreciate you calling in. And if you happen to be listening on iHeart or Stitcher or any of the services that broadcast us over the Internet, you can give us a call. We'd be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. Always appreciate hearing from you. And as always, the person who calls from the furthest distance will get a free Agco t-shirt, USPS right straight to them. So if you happen to be the furthest caller, you can put you on hold when we get through with your call, and you can tell the producer your name, address, and so on and so forth. Or just go ahead and send an email to me, and that way I'll have your name and address there. That's another good way to do it. Also, be sure to give me your size preference, whichever you prefer. (laughs) And we'll get that right on out, USPS to you on Monday morning. And we're going to our phone lines with Herb. Good morning, Herb.
2: Good morning. In shopping for new vehicles, I hear y'all talking about the six-speed automatic. Yes, sir. Uh, how does Tundra six-speed rate comparably to the big three transmissions? Don't know
1: yeah. yet. It yeah, hadn't yet. been
0: out very long. I would only have to say that it's probably going to be good. Overall, I've got to say, whereas we build probably one or two GM transmissions a week, probably one or two Ford transmissions a week, we generally will repair about three or four Toyota transmissions a year. Okay. And they're generally pretty high mileage. Toyota, as a general rule, has a very good transmission. In fact, they use them in, what, a lot of Jeeps and other products.
1: Yeah, that transmission is used in variety of different vehicles and manufacturers. Different manufacturers will use it. There have been really good units. Yeah, their uh, track history
0: is that they do test things out. One thing Toyota has, I guess, as an advantage— When the big three develop something, it goes pretty much to the U.S. market first. When Toyota develops something, what they do is they'll introduce it either in Europe or in Asia first because they know that the United States is their biggest market, and they do not want to have a problem over here. So generally any new technologies, they introduce them either in Asia or in Europe first, work out any bugs they might have, and then put them into the U.S. market. So I would think it would be good, Herb. I mean, nobody's going to know until they're out for three or four years. It's sort of like the GM transmissions the first year or two i think they've been out going on three years now and we're just starting to see really problems with them
2: okay i just wanted to know i've been hearing you talk so i just yes sir i appreciate your information yes sir Herb.
0: thanks for calling man thank you bye-bye all right four nine 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 five two six the number if you want to be part of the automotive hour we would love to have you and we're going back to our phone lines with sheila good morning sheila good morning yes ma'am
3: i have a problem okay of course, that's
0: why I'm calling. <laughs> thus the call. <laughs>
3: the other night, I went to my mailbox to get my mail, Rolled my window down, and like I do every evening when I get home. And yes, ma'am. When I went to roll it up, it would not. Okay. I could hear like a little churning kind of sound. Yeah, a little
0: motor coming. running. Sheila, is that a Ford product by any chance? I'm
3: sorry, it's a 2003 Ford Explorer. Yes,
0: ma'am. I caught it, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> the Ford products have a tremendous issue with the window regulators and if you want to know what that is, you can go to my website and just type in window regulator in the search bar. It'll bring up two or three articles with pictures. But basically, in the old days, they used to use two gears, a little gear on the motor, a big gear that pushed the window up mechanically. What they've done in recent years is they've gone to a little track with a cable and some plastic rollers, which is absolutely a horrible idea. Ford actually pioneered the idea, I think, and then a lot of other companies have adapted it. And what happens is that after a few years, the little roller breaks or the cable breaks, and then it quits working. Now, the repair is you have to disassemble the door, remove the regulator, and replace the regulator. Not the end of the world, but probably a $300-plus repair, so it's not horrible, horrible, but it's not cheap either. But it's just the window's not going to stay up. You can pull it up by hand, but it'll just fall back down. But that is 99.9% of the time. If you can hear the motor running, that's going to be the problem. Yes. All right. Well,
3: thank you so much.
2: Okay, I love the show. Well, thank you, ma'am. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: Bye.
3: 499
0: 9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive I, we would love to have you. The window regulators are one of the most problematic things I think that we do.
1: Yeah, and it all boils down to money for the Well, the, manufacturer, the manufacturers, yeah. I should say. It's just a cheap but, design. I mean,
0: they've got better designs. The old design certainly didn't give hardly any trouble, but. Who knows? <laughs> That's right. I'm Life like, in the fast lane. Huh?
1: Everything we look at, we look at it and say, why didn't they make this stronger? Or, right. Well, everything is this engineered to,
0: to a standard that is designed to provide more money to the manufacturer. Right. And I guess in all fairness to them, they are trying to keep the cost of the car affordable, but it just seems sometimes it's penny-wise and dollar-foolish. Some of the money they really waste on other things, and then they go cheap on something you could use all day long. Right. <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines with Scott. Good morning, Scott.
3: Oh, that last call just brought back some bad memories. I, had, <laughs> I, I was trying to repair my Ford Explorer yes, sir. Ford driver's side window and about chopped off a finger. Oh, yeah. I had to call St. George out to come get come your finger out, it out the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was not fun, but I got it fixed.
4: Okay.
3: My son has a 2002 Jeep Liberty. Okay. And he lives in Ruston, and he had to come down for a couple of weeks for some National Guard work. And he stopped yes, at my house and said, Dad, i got to have your truck for two weeks. So, but this Liberty sitting in my driveway,
0: mm-hmm.
3: and he's just had his engine rebuilt, mm-hmm. and on his way down, it was overheating. Okay. So, well, I'm going 40 miles an hour just to keep him overheating. I said, if you check your levels, I said, yeah, I still have fluid in there, so... When he got here last night he went and bought a new water pump and changed it and thought that was going to take Damn. care of it. And on his way to New Orleans he called me back up and said, Dad, I gotta come back. Yeah. I add yeah. Your truck.
0: No, a water pump isn't gonna fix that, Scott. I can tell you it's fairly simple to diagnose a overheating problem and the key factor is when does it overheat? And if it's overheating at an idle and starts to cool down when you drive faster, then we're into an airflow type issue. So okay. Check the cooling fan. They're absolutely notorious for going out, and it may be turning, but it may not be turning fast enough because it's a variable speed fan, so you can't just look at it and say it's turning. It has to turn at the right speed, and there's a silicone control rectifier that controls all that that is notorious for going out. So if you're overheating at an idle, and when you start driving, it cools down, then that would be that kind of an issue.
3: It's opposite of that.
2: Okay,
0: if it's opposite of that, then forget all of that. You're into a capacity problem. It's going to be one of about two or three different things. One is, and the most simple, is the thermostat is partially restricted or partially stuck shut. He I, said he's
3: put on two new ones. Okay,
0: recently. well then forget that. Second would be that the radiator is partially restricted, so some of the cooling calls in it are plugged. And what it's doing is flowing enough coolant to where at an idle where it's not generating much heat, it can keep or just up.
3: It, around town driving, he's okay
5: with it. That's so right. He's, he's not generating much day. heat.
0: But when you're going 60 miles an hour down the road, now it's generating more heat and it can't deal with it. Right. So that sounds like it could be that. If it's not that then he's going to need to get it back to the rebuild shop because he's probably got either a cracked head or a head gasket leaking. And it's if introducing more heat into the engine than the radiator can take out.
3: Wouldn't he be losing fluid? If not was necessarily,
0: it? no, sir. Depends on where it's busted. A head gasket, one thing it can do is lose coolant. Another thing it can do is just overheat and not do either of the others. So, again, if you go on my website, there's going to be an article on overheating. In fact, several articles on it, it will tell you all about it. But that's one of the biggest fallacies about cracked heads and head gaskets. Well, oh, I'm not getting water at all. Okay, well, that's one thing. But you know what? It can be cracked and not leak water at all if it's not busted into the all jacket.
3: If I wanted to start at the radiator, would it good flushing and do the no, job? Abs-
0: no, sir. You're going to have to replace it. That's got a plastic radiator with aluminum cores. What year model is it?
3: 2002.
0: Yeah, it's 10 years old, man. The radiator's done. 10 years is about the life of a radiator anyway. i, I just replace it.
3: Stock. I think you ran some stock leave. Well, That's what plugged it up.
0: But it was going to go anyway. If it's, The reason it was leaking is because it was wore out. Just go get a radiator and put it in it. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks, sir. Okay, Scott. Right. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I right, we would love to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? we glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. And we've got Joey online. Good morning, Joey.
6: Good morning, guys. How are you? Great, sir. I have an 04 Dodge Ram with the 4.7. Uh-huh. When I first bought this truck back in October, it was having an overheating problem. And again, the people I bought it from changed fan clutch on it. Yes, sir. And it seemed to fix the problem. But now it's still... I know they, they keep telling me, everybody tells me that the Dodgers usually do run maybe a little past the halfway mark, but mine keeps going a little further, More, you know, yes, sir. halfway between half and hot. Yes, sir. And go ahead.
0: Those gauges are not dead accurate. Joey, I would take that to someone who could put a mechanical gauge or some kind and establish what the actual temperature is. Normally, if it's going in that range, it's getting hot because the thermostat is 195 degrees it generally is not fully open to around 200. So those engines are going to run somewhere around 2 to 220 under normal conditions, which is already pretty hot. Right. When they're starting to show hot, they're up around 230, and 240 is doing damage. So can't tolerate that for any length of time. The first thing to do is verify, number one, do you really have an overheating problem, or is it the sender unit bad, or is the gauge wrong, or that sort of thing. Now, if it is actually getting that hot, Again, the diagnosis depends on when it overheats. If it overheats when you come to an idle, in other words, when you stop the truck from moving, it starts to get hotter and hotter and tends to get cooler as you drive. Then you're into some type of an airflow issue, a fan clutch or something like that, plugged up condenser on the air conditioner, not letting air go through or whatever. If it's the opposite, in other words, the more you drive, the hotter it gets, even at speed. Now you're into a capacity issue where either too much heat's being generated or the system's not capable of getting rid of the heat that's there. So first off, get it checked. See if it's really overheating or if it's just a gauge or sender malfunction. And if it is, you need to deal with that real quick because that will turn into a major, major problem real quick.
6: Okay, so I did actually go on with the cheapest thing first to fix the problem, which is the changing the thermostat. Well, not going
0: to hurt anything, yeah.
6: Yeah, but it's, like I said, it's still doing it. And mm-hmm. I, tried flush, I tried flushing it out and putting brand new antifreeze in right, it. Right, right. It's still doing it. It yeah. goes up. And even, even going 40, 50, 60 miles an hour, it's still going up high, but then it yeah. comes right back down.
0: Yeah, you got something going on there, Joe. You need to get that taken care of real quick. If you don't, you're going to end up with a cracked head or a blown head gasket, which is going to cost you a whole, whole bunch of money. And I'm sorry, I'm right up against the break. If you want to hold on, I'll talk to you a little more about it after the break. We're going to take a quick little break and be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. West. Travel
5: my way,
7: take the highway, that's the best. You've been at the Red Box for 10 minutes and you've got about 30 movies. Yeah, you roll in here with that car with the brakes screeching and the bald tires, and then you ask to cut in line because you're in a hurry. Look, it is 2012, and according to the Mayan calendar, the world ends on December 21st. So, I'm trying to watch all the movies I can before then. So no car repairs either, right?
5: Who's got time for that? Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Auto. Motive, and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. So, no
7: car maintenance, all movies till December 21st? Yep. I'm stocking up on all the classics, too. Gone with the Wind, Citizen Kane, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeak Wool. <laughs> I, <gasps> I knew he was crazy. Yep. Want to learn more about why
5: Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O
0: dot com. Hey, welcome back! If you just joined us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldezan, with our special guest, Mr. Josh Wilson, the automatic transmission guru from Agco. So, while we are talking about any topic, you might want to call in on our particular subject uh, of choice. Subject of choice. There you go. Well there put. Go. <laughs> Would be automatic transmissions because you have a special opportunity today to get answers from someone who knows a whole lot more about it than I do. And we were talking to Joey about overheating just before break. Joey, did that answer the question completely, or is there something else?
6: Well, I was wondering, you said they can hook up something up to the computer and, and check the No, sir, to-
0: that is a fallacy that everybody seems to fall for. to something that the computer is going to tell you. Now, it just takes a good technician knows what he's doing to find it. It can be found, yes, but no, you don't plug anything in a computer to find that. There's, there's okay. several different tests that you run. The hydrocarbon test is one. Airflow test is another. It's just like a doctor. He may do a MRI under certain conditions, but there's thousands of other tests that he runs, and you just have to have someone who's trained to use the test and, and interpret the results to find the problem.
6: Can you make suggestions? Or, because I know you guys are, are probably
2: booked solid.
6: I'm we sure. are
0: booked up for about a week right now. You could call Lane and make an appointment past that time. Other than that, I don't know who to tell you, Joey. I, I wish I had a great competitor because I'd be sure glad to send work to him because we get way more than we can handle all the time.
6: Right. Well, I sure appreciate it. Okay, that. Joy.
0: Thank thanks you. for calling, man. Bye-bye. All nine nine five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we would love to have you. And we've got Gary's been patiently holding. Good morning, Gary.
3: Good morning, sir, and I appreciate you taking my call. Well, thank you. What I've got, I've got an 05 a Grand Cherokee. It's my wife's car. Mm-hmm. And what it was doing, sir, you'd be driving it, and the whole dash would go out just for a second. It was almost yes, like sir. the car was going to kill, mm-hmm. it would come right back on.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I took it to the dealership where we purchased the car. Uh-huh. And they put it on the machine and everything, well, they called her and said that it was a part due to the heated seat, and they charged us 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. and it did it the same day. The next day, it did the same thing, yes, but sir. they really didn't repair it. So yes, I'm sir. trying to figure out what that might be because I took it back twice to them, uh-huh. and it's an intermittent problem, but they said they can't find it.
0: Well, first off, Gary, I would take it back and say, look, you charged me $400. I either want to refund of my $400, and I'll go find someone who can find it, or I need you to find this for me because yes, it's not right. right that I would pay $400 to get this problem fixed and didn't fix it. But Dodge and Chrysler products seem to have a lot of trouble with that. Most of the time what we find, the instrument panel cluster itself has solder joints in the back of the board. Yes, sir. And when Chrysler built those things, they used, like everybody else what they call a wave solder machine. And it's they take the board, they put it in this machine, and a wave of solder comes across and solders all the connections at the same time. Gotcha. works pretty good. They use it all throughout the industry. But if the mixture of the solder is not perfect, or the temperature is not perfect, or there's a little bit of contamination on the board, you may get what we call a cold joint. That is, the solder didn't fuse totally. After a yes, few sir. years, that joint will actually crack. And when it cracks, it becomes an intermittent problem like that. I, see. I fixed a lot of those just by pulling the instrument cluster out, going back and manually resoldering all of the joints. I can't okay. guarantee you that's the problem with this one, but that has worked a lot of times for us. Again, I would go back and say, look, you charged me $400 for this problem. I specifically told you what's wrong. It's still doing it. I need you to fix this. Now, I you're going to be, yeah, you're gonna have to be, yeah, you're to have to probably be prepared up. to leave it with them for a few days. You can't drop it off and expect them to instantly, because they're going to have to recreate the problem, but just leave. You know, say, look, they I'm going to leave it with you until you find it. it.
3: Two days each time. Yeah.
0: Well, see, I got to tell you what happens, and I'm not condemning anyone else's business, but... Most dealerships pay their help on a commission basis. Yes, that sir. means they get a percentage of what they do, and they don't get paid for diagnostic time. So they're just right. not going to spend the time looking for it. They're going to drive around the block. It's not doing it because I couldn't duplicate it. Well, you gonna charge
3: me $100 to put it on the test machine. Yeah, so
0: well, I know. I, but what you're going to need to do is probably try to seek a refund from those guys and then go and get it done somewhere where you got someone who's spending time to find it. It just takes a lot of time to find that kind of stuff.
3: Well, I sure appreciate your time, and uh, you've been a great help. And, right. uh, I'll follow up on that. Okay, Gary. Time. Thanks, man.
0: Yes, Appreciate Bye. you, Kyle. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526 the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive I, we would love to have you. And going back to the phone lines of Jerome. Good morning, Jerome.
5: Hey,
4: good morning. How's it going? Doing great, sir. Okay, uh, I've got a 2001 Ford Explorer. Okay. And I've got two questions. The okay. first one is the automatic transmission question. Okay. Right around 30 miles an hour, it will shift real hard, mm-hmm. and the overdrive light will come on, and it just won't have any get-up-and-go. Uh, so the overdrive essentially shuts off. And the only way I can get rid of that problem is if I pull cycle over, the key. Mm-hmm. stop, turn my ignition off, right. turn it back on, right. and then
5: it works just fine. Yeah,
0: it's not getting rid of it. It's just clearing the memory. It, see, the overdrive light is like the check engine light for the transmission. Exactly. And when you cycle ignition, it just moves the code from current to history. It's still there, but that's why the light goes out. Josh, what's going on with
1: that? Most likely, when it's shifting hard into that 30-mile-an-hour range, you probably have skipped over second and finally made it into third gear. Usually on that transmission, it's the intermediate or overdrive band, I should say, that goes out. Either something breaks in it or the servo is broken, which is applied for second gear, and you're going from first to third. And the overdrive light blinking should be a gear ratio code. Yeah, when when you check the code there, it's going to say gear ratio because – You may
0: not detect it, but what it does, it'll wind first gear up, and it'll just jump over second to third, which is the big
1: bang that you feel. Okay. Yeah, that is generally what's going on there. Now, one thing about that Ford that we actually ran into this week, when it sets a gear ratio code, it also throws a solenoid code. Right. That comes in automatic with that transmission. It doesn't mean anything about the solenoid. Right. We had a customer who just had the solenoid replaced for that same problem. Which didn't fix it, obviously. And it did not fix it. The solenoids on that transmission are all one assembly. In other words, it doesn't just have individual solenoids. They're all on, fused into one block, and that's about a four or $500 part. Right, so th- they spent about $1,000 for absolutely nothing because somebody read the code and
0: said, oh, it must be that because that's what the code has got. So what you need to do, Jerome, is make absolutely sure you get this to someone who knows what they're doing. Got it. Thank all right. You. That's right. The codes don't always lead you in the right direction. No. In fact, more times than not, the code is going to lead you wrong because you can't take them literally. you got to know how it works. Okay. All righty. Next question. Yes, sir.
4: I had my front end aligned. Mm-hmm. I changed all four shocks. Uh huh. And now my car is leaning in the rear. It's leaning to the left. And the front end is slightly up in the right. I know that that vehicle has a problem with bushings. Uh, yeah, but a
0: bushing can't make it lean, Jerome. Okay. Most likely, if it was not leaning prior to putting the shocks on there, then you've got a bad shock, which is got to be seized up, because nothing in a shock, a shock absorber does not support weight. In other words, it can't make the vehicle lean unless it seizes up and holds it up on one corner. So have them check those shocks. Most likely, you got a defective shock. I
7: understand. All righty. Okay, that's it. Thanks, Thanks you man. Guys. I appreciate the call. Have a good day. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye we got to take one more quick little break. Brian, if you hold on, you'll be straight up after this break.
7: Clint, what's with the huge crate? My 120-inch platinum 3D TV. Splurging, huh? Putting it all on the credit card, and since the Mayan calendar predicts the world ending December 21st, I'll never have to pay it back. That would explain the giraffe and elephant in your backyard. Have you thought about fixing your car, buddy? Your old one is in pretty bad shape. Leaking oil, screeching brakes... My car can make it to December. Plus, I need money to complete my set of life-size Star Wars action figures. Yoda is an expensive one, he is. Unless you believe the world
5: will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest
7: overall cost. You know, if your car won't run, you <laughs> can always ride your elephant. Great idea. <laughs> Let me Google elephant license. Uh, okay, you know I was joking, right? Want to learn more about
5: why Agco is the place to go? Visit AgCOAuto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Noise off the river to ride. Don't
3: mind it, the man with the whiskers has
0: a lot behind him. Welcome back. If you just join us it's the automotive hour, I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between two of us try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 499 9526 If you happen to be outside of our normal calling area, that's area code. Two two five, and we would really appreciate hearing from you. And we've got Brian has been patiently holding. Good morning, Brian. Hey,
3: good morning. Yes, sir. My question is this: My wife has a Chrysler Town and Country, an uh-huh. 05. Okay. And I've been adding radiator fluid maybe once a week. Yes, sir. And my question is this: Do I need to really fix this? Or Absolutely. Can I to this out.
0: No, sir. What's happening, Brian, is that you've got a leak, and what happens is that as the radiator fluid goes down, it draws air into the system. Now, you've already got dissimilar metals, which has a potential for corrosion. And what keeps it from corroding is the corrosion protection in the coolant. What happens when air gets in the system, you're putting oxygen into the mix, and you are going to end up with a condition that is basically going to total the vehicle if you keep driving it. Now, what makes this a 1,000 times worse is what most people do. They don't put coolant back in it. They put water in it. Now, if you put water into the system, what you're doing is not only are you allowing oxygen in, but you are also diluting the corrosion protection. So you right. got a double whammy going on. I have seen vehicles where someone has done this for six months and then bring it to me, and i got to tell them, you just got to get another vehicle. It's not worth fixing. It will eat the radiator up. It will eat the heater core up. It will eat the head gasket. So it will eat the entire car away.
3: I had no idea. I'm so glad I called
0: it. Yes, sir. And until you can get car. it fixed, go and buy some pre-mixed, coolant. Don't put regular coolant in there because you'll also dilute it the other way. You'll have too much coolant. Pre-mix coolant and add that to the system. Keep it full until you can get it fixed. But yeah, that is, ex- man, I tell you, that totals more cars than almost anything else we see today.
4: I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So thanks so much for your help. Okay, Brian.
0: Thanks for calling, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526-NUMBER. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? we got a couple of lines wide open, and we're ready to talk. That is one of the things. We talked about that in depth on the Automotive Hour, not recently. But cooling systems are one of those things that can literally total a car probably faster than almost anything else.
1: Yeah, especially you're talking about the heater core. You're talking about removing the dash, the entire Just to replace dash it. to get to it. Mm-hmm. And 10, 12. Yeah, 10, 12 hours hours just to pull a dash out to get it out
0: of there many times, and it's leaking water on the floor, so it's not something you can keep doing. And you can bypass it in some cases, but then, of course, you have no heat in the car, which is... I know it doesn't get all that cold down South Louisiana. We have several days that do go down in the 30s and 20s. That's kind of hard to make without a heater. <laughs> I've been without a heater. It oh, gets absolutely! Cold enough. Oh, I guarantee uh, you. It's not probably not quite as bad as going without an air conditioner, but no. But uh, neither one's it's, fun.
1: It's not fun at all. It runs the price up so fast. It uh, does when you're talking about that and your radiator and your head gaskets, all that. Right. I mean, you just you get into four or five, six thousand dollars easily. Yeah, the coolant goes through virtually every part of the engine,
0: and so it affects so many things. And you have so many dissimilar metals present. For instance, you may have cast iron, you may have aluminum, and who knows what else. When you have dissimilar metals and a corrosive liquid, you basically formed a battery. And what you can do is you can take a voltmeter, if you don't believe this, put the black lead on the ground terminal, and put the red lead down into the neck of the radiator. And see, it'll be producing voltage. You know, it's like a big battery. If it's putting out seven, eight-tenths of a volt, that's eating up your cooling system. It's using one set of metals as an anode, the other as a cathode, and the coolant has become corrosive, which is the electrolyte. So it's basically consuming the cooling system to produce voltage, which is doing you no good <laughs> Right, <laughs> and costing you a whole, whole lot of money. But, yeah, the absolute worst thing you can do is allow a leak to go on. And even worse than that, and most people are guilty of this, When they do see it leak and they think they're doing good, they go get the garden hose and put some water in it. Well, number one, city water never belongs in a cooling system because it has fluorine and chloride and all kinds of other chemicals in it, silicates, which are all bad for the system. But more to the point, it dilutes the corrosion protection, which weakens it. The very thing that's trying to protect all this is being diluted. So you can literally eat your system away in no time at all. That's right. Or they go the other way and put
1: stop leak in it yeah now you may stop it but it'll plug plug it up and and plug the heater
0: core up so you're just as bad off and what's probably as bad or even worse is just to ignore it and let the engine overheat because when an engine overheats not only do you do damage to the engine itself the pistons gall up on the walls you crack cylinder heads and all that but the transmission also overheats because it's relying on the radiator to cool the transmission that's right so many times you'll suffer a transmission failure after an overheat.
1: You won't see it, but when we get to the, if it ever makes it to the repair, we'll be able to see the evidence of the over, That's overheating. That's right, yeah, because that transmission fluid has
0: to be cooled down by the radiator, and if the is overheated, it's not going to cool the transmission fluid properly. So real, real big no-no. Hey, let's go back to our phone lines with Earl. Good morning, Earl.
5: Well, good morning,
4: gentlemen. I have do not have a technical question okay. for, you, for an a opinion question. Okay. I have a 2001 Ford Escort ZX2 with a four-cylinder, a okay. five-speed manual, dual overhead cam, all the good stuff. Okay. Here a while back, checking the oil, I noticed a silver color, which means, uh-oh, Babbitt on the bearing is going out. Uh-huh. I fired it up again and haven't seen that color since.
0: Okay. My question
4: for your gentleman's opinion is this. It's mm-hmm. paid for it, which makes it very valuable. Okay. I love the car. It gets extremely good mileage, and I don't know if I should rebuild the engine or just forget about it and throw it away.
0: Well, probably neither one, Earl. I would probably take that oil and get a sample and send it out and have it analyzed. That's relatively inexpensive. Normally, about $20 you can have the oil analyzed. See, some oils just have materials in them. They may have molybdenum in them or whatever, that under certain conditions can turn the oil sort of silver. So it may actually be a function of the oil itself and not a problem in the engine if you have no other issues. You know, the oil pressure is not dropping off. There's no knocking noises or any of that sort of thing.
4: No, I've fired it up several times. Of course, the battery's dead. It's been parked
5: for quite some
0: time. Yeah, and that's kind of bad. on them, let them sit. But when they do sit, it could just be that the oil was suffering some sort of separation I would probably take a small sample, go on the internet and just type in all analysis. And I know there are several labs around the United States, several of them in the Baton Rouge area because it's such a strong petrochemical area. Send the oil out, have it analyzed, and they can tell you exactly what's in it. And if it comes back real rich in Babbitt or aluminum, well then you know you got a problem. But if not, you know, you may be worrying about nothing at all.
4: Well, the only reason I was concerned about what you said about the being in the oil area, I'm a truck driver, mm-hmm. but I'm from Oklahoma City. Area. Okay. And I think I'll take your advice. I'll, I'll check it out and have it analyzed because I hate to get rid of the car because it's so much fun to drive. That's
0: right, and you may be getting rid of a good car for no reason.
4: Very true. Well, gentlemen, I thank you. I appreciate well, your Earl,
0: I'll tell you what, if you hold on, I think you're probably our furthest caller being from Oklahoma, and a lady will get your name and address. I'll send an ACO T-shirt out to you. Sounds
2: good to me. Hang That's on, good.
0: man. Thanks, Earl. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive I we would love to have you. And we've got Grant online. Good morning, Grant.
2: Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Sir? Look, uh, I got a couple of issues with a, a truck I got. I got a 2006 Ford F-150. Okay. The first thing, every morning when you get in, it's been going on for some time now. When the first time you get in it, you put it in reverse, you back up, and there's this, it's almost like a brake caliper is closing down. You hear this loud vibration or a roar, and when you hit the brakes a couple times, mm-hmm. it goes away. Okay. You don't hear it again until the next morning.
0: Okay. That could be a brake caliper, Grant. It could also be the type of brake material that's been used. Does that have drum brakes or disc brakes on the rear?
2: Disc.
0: As disc on the rear.
2: Yeah, in fact, I just replaced all of the brakes
0: not too long was ago. Was it doing it before you changed the brakes? No. no well, I was going to say. And don't give me any names because we can't speak about that on the radio. But if you use an aftermarket brake pad, a lot of those are notorious for the material not being correct. And what can happen overnight, moisture will soak into that pad and it'll become real aggressive on the first couple of stops and grab and bind like that. I fix an awful lot of those just by going back to the Ford pad. And when I say Ford pad, be very, very careful because if you go to the Ford deal, they're going to try to sell you Motocraft, which is not a Ford pad. That's an aftermarket pad and a Motorcraft box you got to mm-hmm. tell them, I want the real Ford pad. And okay. you're going to be surprised they're not that much more expensive than anything else. But they really, really fix that problem more times than not. Most of the time with a caliper, it's going to be worse when it gets hot. It's not going to be bad in the morning first thing. As it heats up, it's going to expand and start to do all sorts of things.
2: Yeah, like I say, it only does it that one time when mm-hmm. you're backing out the driveway. And- yeah, after you hit the brakes, it quits, right. and, and that's it. You well, it heats it. up,
0: it balls the moisture out. And see, any braking issue with material is going to be worse in reverse because it's turning the opposite direction it normally turns. So all okay. the wear and all the rotors turning opposite. So that's when it's going to really exaggerate the condition. I would be pretty certain, especially if it started right after you changed the brakes, I would be pretty uh-huh. certain it's the brake material that you're using. Okay. All righty.
2: The other thing it's doing, I got new tires put on it uh-huh. all the way around about six months ago. Yes, sir. The left front is roaring real bad, like either the hub bearings or wheel bearings are going on. Yes, if sir. Take, if you take a curve to the right, yeah, just, it gets quiet. Right, all the way louder. If you go to the left, mm-hmm. the left front, I think is worse. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. In fact, the new tires I put on there... The left front tire, the, the three inside treads, mm-hmm. look like they're getting lower than yes. the outside mm-hmm.
0: treads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the wheel bearing, almost assuredly. If you go on my website, I put an article in there this morning on wheel bearings, why they fail, how they work, and all that. Uh-huh. That one, the wheel bearing, depending on which Ford design you have, because they use about five different designs on that truck, one of them, the wheel bearing, is part of the brake rotor. It comes with the rotor. you got to buy a rotor to get it. The other one has a bolted-in wheel bearing, and they use off on all the trucks. You just got to take it apart and see which one you got. None of them are really hard to change, but that is almost certainly going to be a wheel bearing. Go on the website, look on the detailed topics, left-hand side, all the way at the bottom. The first article is why do wheel bearings fail. Click on that article. It'll tell you all about it. Now,
2: those aren't greasable, are they? No,
0: sir. None of them are greasable anymore except for some of the older four-wheel drive and some of the old, old two-wheel drive had that. Everything now is either going to be a integral bearing, which is pressed into the rotor, which you can't remove, or it's going to be a bolt-on bearing, which is a sealed assembly.
2: Okay. And what's the recommended for changing the transmission fluid and filter and stuff? I got 73,000 miles on the truck. Never
0: been changed? I seem,
1: no, I Yeah, never you're past due it.
0: now. Yeah. Okay. We, we normally recommend, depending on what kind of fluid, if it's standard fluid, we usually recommend about two years, 30,000, but with synthetic fluid, you can generally go out never three, four years, 50,000.
2: Yeah, I've never changed a serpentine belt either, so.
0: Yeah, you're getting close on needing some maintenance. What's happening, Grant is what year model is it? It's 06. '06. '06. Yeah, you're 6 years old. That is kind of like a man 50 years old. Yeah. You know, he's not even halfway through his life, but if he doesn't start taking better care of himself, he ain't gonna make it the other 50 years. Yeah. You know, the first 40 or 50 years is kind of a gimme. You can drink right. beer, smoke cigarettes, stay up all night, doesn't matter much. But when yeah, you hit 50, right. all that changes. Same That's thing with the right. truck. It all changes. You got to start taking better care Okay. And if you start doing all the maintenance right now, you could probably get another 150,000 miles out of that truck with little problem. If you don't, when you hit 100, it's going to explode. I mean, you're going to have more problems than you could pay to fix. Right.
1: Yeah, that Actually, also, I
2: got it set up to bring it into your shop on the 13th. Oh, so, well, good. To get this stuff looked at. I just kind of wanted to get an early head start yeah. on,
1: well,
2: on what again, you Again, while
0: you're on the website, there's a whole category on maintenance. Just go through there and read it. It'll tell you everything that you need to do on it.
2: Good deal. All thanks, right? Luke. Okay,
0: Grant. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. 499 9526 the number. If you want to be part of the automotive I we would love to have you. And we've got Craig online. Good morning, Craig.
3: Yeah, I have a 07 Camry. Uh huh. And I fixed and changed the oil and all. And I was looking at my drive belt. I've got about 100,000 miles on. Yes, sir. But up underneath, in between the alternator and the compressor. Yes, sir. Right behind it, Mm -hmm. It,
0: on one of the pulleys, I noticed some red stuff built up. Yes,
3: sir. Water pump. That's probably the water pump. Well, what year is it?
0: It's 07. That's what it kind of looks like. Four-cylinder or six-cylinder? Four-cylinder. If it's just a crusty, pinkish-red, whitish-type buildup and it's not wet, leave it alone. That's normal. Yeah. Those seals are actually designed to leak a small amount on those pumps. It's how they lubricate them. They went from a ceramic seal to a urethane seal.
7: Okay. Toyota
0: says that will do that to a certain degree. I know if you go to Toyota deal, they'll tell you, you need a w- new water pump. And I'll see them change those pumps, and a year later they're doing the same thing again. If right. you're not losing coolant, your coolant level still full, and it's not wet, leave it alone. That right. is normal.
3: Okay. And the drive belt, it looks pretty good. It probably you think I can get more. Really better.
0: can't go by looks, Craig. There's a gauge that you have to use because that's an EPDM belt. It's not going to crack, and it's not going to squeal. But oh, when the really? grooves start to wear out on it, what it does, it'll start to slip. And when it starts to slip, it'll build up a bunch of heat and burn up the AC compressor uh, clutch. Yeah. So it'll cost you a ton of money. If you don't have a gauge, I would say change it. It's cheap belt, less than 40 bucks, and fairly easy to change. Just doesn't make sense to push it any further. But on EPDM rubber, it's not going to ever crack, and it's not ever going to squeal. It's just going to yeah. wear out.
3: Yeah, it doesn't look real bad, but I guess... Well, can you look head. at it,
0: man? Go to my site and type in EPDM on the search yeah. bar... It's gonna bring up an order. It's gonna show you exactly what I'm talking about. Most part stores are some of the belt companies will actually give you a gauge if you write to them and ask for it. Little gauge you put in there and measures the grooves and it'll tell you when oh, they okay. wore out. But that is the only way to tell. I've seen belts look like brand new and be worn, slam out, and burn AC compressor clutch up. All
3: right, the radiator hoses on these cars nowadays. Do they, yeah, not do too they much. Last they last uh, forever. Uh, forever. Life Practically, yeah.
0: And much. you know the thing is, again, they're EPDM, so I would not be too eager to change those. Because the one you get is not going to be as good as the one you're taking off. Even if you go back to Toyota and buy it, it's not going to be as good as the original. So right. until they get either hard or soft or spongy or swollen or frayed, leave them alone. I've seen them go 15, 20 years.
3: Yeah. All right, man. Look, thank you very All much. All right, Craig. Good
0: day. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All Bye. right, 499-9526 is a number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour. And we've got Steve online. Good morning, Steve.
4: Hey, got a, a 2000 Crown Vic. Okay standing by the other day barbecuing and I heard a little motor kick on or something in there and then it cut back off. What is that?
0: Could be a couple of different things, Steve. You need to look under the rear and see if you have air suspension on that vehicle okay. because a lot of them do. If it's got air suspension, then you need to get that checked because what happens, the rear bags are consumable. They don't last forever uh-huh. and they'll get dry rot and get some cracks in them and when they do, they start to leak. Now, when they leak down, the pump comes on to run the car back up. Oh, yeah. Now, the problem is that little pump is only designed with about a 5% duty cycle. And when you're driving down the road, it's running a lot more than that. If you change it right now, the bags are bad enough. They're about $300 bucks a piece, and it's about an hour later to change both of them. But if you change them right now, it's just that, and you're done for another 10 years. If you wait, what's going to happen, the pump will burn up, and you're going to throw another 600 bucks on top of that. And it don't take long to burn up. Now, if it doesn't have rear airbags, it could possibly be one of the cooling fans. Some of those will cycle on, even with the key off. Oh, okay. which is not really critical, it's just normal. But look and make sure you have those bags under the back. Okay. All righty?
4: One more question. Well, I'll
0: tell you, mind? hold on, I'll put, catch you right after this break. All hey, right. we got to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour.
7: Hey, Clint, what's that? Take a look. It's my bucket list of things to do before the world ends. Okay. According to the Mayan calendar, the world goes kaput on December 21st, 2012. I got slots to do, neighbor. Uh,
0: bog snorkeling? Punch a whale? Compete in the World Toe Wrestling Championship?
7: I seen Meet Julia Roberts is scratched off. Yeah. Got her autograph, too. Really? Well, it's on the restraining order. Hey, shouldn't repair my car be on the list? What? Your, your brakes, they're constantly squealing, it's shimmies and shakes and
5: leaking oil. All over I the, think I can make it to December. Unless you believe the world will end this year, car maintenance and repair is not something to put off. Come to Agco Automotive and let us show you how we can keep your car in tip-top shape and operating at the lowest overall cost. Hey, um, isn't this one here illegal?
7: Not in Tijuana, my friend.
5: Want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go? Visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O
0: Hey, welcome back to the Automotive Hour final segment. I'm Louis Aldezan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our automatic transmission guru, Mr. Josh Wilson, right here in the studio with me. So if you have a question about transmissions, today is the absolute best day to call in. And we were talking to Steve just before the break. What's the second question, Steve?
4: You're talking about the belts. I got a 06 Silver Rider with 48,000 miles on it. I had never
0: changed a belt. This it's time probably today. still okay, Steve. Most of those are making about seven years pretty easily. So, okay. I mean, I would maybe have it if you're in the shop for some other reason, have them check it if they got a gauge. If they don't have a gauge, you got the wrong shop. But put a gauge on it. There's actually two different belts on that one there's a big belt, and then there's a little bitty belt that just drives the AC compressor that people forget about. Oh, yeah. The little That's belt right. gives more trouble than the big belt does. And when it jumps off, it knocks the big belt off most of the time.
4: Hmm. I didn't know it had
0: two. Oh, yeah, most people don't. It's kind of down at the bottom. It just drives the AC compressor. Oh, okay. All right, thank All right. you. Okay, Steve. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, All right 499-9526 is the number if you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, and we've got Thomas on the line. Good morning, Thomas. Yes, sir.
3: I've got a 2007 Toyota FJ Cruiser. Okay. With a four-speed automatic transmission with overdrive. Yes, sir. And every now and again, when I pull up to a red light or I pull up to a stop sign and I stop, and a few seconds later, it all of a sudden like it just downshifts. Yeah. So while I'm sitting there, it like tries to lurch
0: forward. Yes. So what's causing that?
1: That's going to be more than likely. It's going to be drive shaft splines kind of binding up and then letting loose, it's called drive shaft clunk. Pretty easy to take care of. Just remove the drive shaft, lube all of the splines and the yoke. And that should okay. take care of it. Yeah, there's actually an article
0: on the website. If you go in there and type in drive shaft, it'll bring it up for you. But what happens is that when you stop, the rear end is trying to stop, the body's trying to move. So it actually winds up slightly, which plunges the drive shaft forward into the transmission, which is normal. It's got splines where it can do that. But those okay. splines get dry, and what they do, they move in and they bind. And then after you stop, the spring, boom, pull it back out. Almost feels like somebody bumping you from the back.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I feel like somebody
0: runs in yeah. the back of it. Yeah, go on the, on the website and just type in shaft. It'll bring up an article to show you exactly how to fix it and everything else. If you don't feel like fooling with it, you can bring it to the shop. We can do it for you. It's fairly cheap. It's not a big, All right. big deal. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, Thomas. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. I four nine 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 five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive and we've got Drew online. Good morning, Drew.
4: Hey, I got a two thousand BMW three mm-hmm. twenty three I bought it with about sixty thousand on it. Got about a hundred now. The transmission fluid never been changed. Of course, you know, they tell you don't change it. It doesn't have a filler tube. I've noticed in repair manuals there is a procedure where you can change it. Yes, sir. But I had a mechanic tell me don't change it because they don't like new fluid.
1: <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, they very much like new fluid and a good filter. That one does have a pan. You can pull the pan, put a new filter, new fluid in it. That'll do you a whole lot of good. Yeah. Prevent right. a whole lot of problems down the road. That's right. Pardon? I said prevent a whole lot of problems down the road.
4: Oh. Okay, thank
0: you. Okay, thank you, sir. Bye bye. All right, four nine 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 five two six number. If you want a part of the automotive, I think we got time to catch at least one more call. We got John online. Good morning, John. All right guys, got yes, a
3: 2005 Toyota Tundra with 46,000 miles on it. Okay. No problems, but I got a question. I just bought the truck. When should I be looking at doing a transmission filter flush change and a coolant flush change and a rear end oil change?
0: Well, on the transmission, I would say now. On the coolant, I would say now. On the rear end, if it has never towed anything, you're probably still okay. Uh, rear-end oil generally will make about 100000 However, it's so inexpensive to do on that truck, you might even want to do it a little bit sooner. You could probably do it yourself. It's got a drain plug on it. Right. And basically it's a matter of pulling the plug, draining the oil out, putting 75W90 synthetic oil back in it. Real easy to do. Certainly not going to hurt you any, even if you do it early. you got to think a rear-end on that truck is about $2,000 to repair. Right. And it's going to cost you probably $20 worth of oil to change it. In about a half hour of your time?
3: Right. Okay. When it's cold, and I'm looking at the reservoir, I'm changing gears here. When I'm looking at the reservoir for the coolant, it's the red coolant. But when it's cold, it's probably only filling about the bottom third of the reservoir. That's normal. Yes,
0: sir. That is normal. normal. It will. See, coolant is going to expand like almost anything else. When it gets hot, it expands. That's why you have a reservoir. And there will be two marks on that reservoir. One mark cold, one mark hot. Or one mark min, one marks max. And as long as it remains between those two lines, that's normal. But it's perfectly normal when the engine cools off. Number one, the coolant contracts, but also the engine block itself is going to contract, which is going to take more coolant in. That's why they have a reservoir. But it's normal for it to move up and down maybe two inches or so
1: got it one other quick thing on that transmission service Uh i I noticed you threw the word flush out there make sure you do not get it flushed that way yeah
3: right i I mean i mean filter and change there you go
1: (laughs) filter and that does take special fluid make sure you're getting the right fluid back in there requires ws
0: okay world standard special fluid that toyota's got just for that unit
3: okay all right thanks Thanks, john Uh bye-bye
0: Boy, I had a nice, busy, busy day today. The norm. <laughs> there you go. Lots and lots <laughs> of college. been
1: busy for quite a while. Now. And I want to
0: tell everybody, just in case you have a question that occurred to you during the week or you didn't get a chance to get in, you can always go to the website. It's www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Of course, that stands for Altazan's Garage Company. And that'll give you just a bevy of information. Almost everything that we discuss on the Automotive Hour is covered on that site. As you may have noticed, I referred to the site several times today. But we've got lots and lots of info on there, putting more all the time. Put an article on there just this morning on wheel bearings, how they go bad, why they go bad, why you may suffer continual failure of your wheel bearings. If you've had to change one or more on your car, you might want to read this article because it will tell you a lot of reasons why wheel bearings go bad. Tons of other things. Register while you're on there. That'll afford you some additional opportunities while you're on the site. Very, very easy. All you do is type in your email address and make up a username. It's going to send an email to you to confirm that, yes, you do want to do it. And you answer yes, and you're on board. That way you got opportunity to check a lot of other things that other folks who don't register don't have. You can also register using your Facebook login, your Google login, your Yahoo login, or your Windows Live or your AOL login. Just go in, click the icon, and use that login, it'll put you right on there. It'll automatically log you on, so it just couldn't be any easier. Tons of other new things we put on. We've been working on that site quite a bit every day, so if you hadn't been there in a while, you might be really, really surprised. Another thing is you can listen to the Automotive Hour online. You get up to one year of shows in our archive if you happen to be logged on. So do that. Also go to iTunes and listen. we really appreciate it if you go on there and leave us a written review. That just kind of makes our day, and we hope you'll do that. I want to tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. Special thanks to our podcast listeners and preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.